First, I, uh, I just want to thank, uh, you know, uh, my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for my salvation. Um, I want to thank uh, Pastor Stevan and Sister Chela, you know, uh, you know, from a man uh, coming in, you know, a year ago into the home. You know, uh, I, I've seen, you know, um, how you guys uh, up kept this ministry going. You know what I mean? Uh, you, you guys are awesome. Uh, Pastor Greg, uh, Sister Debbie, you know, my first home directors in the home. Uh, and now, you know, I, I had the honor and privilege to actually have two spiritual parents, you know, within the home, you know, which is uh, Pastor Darrell and uh, Sister Gloria and our little sister, uh, Angel. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just grateful, you know. I'm very grateful here today. You know, um, you know uh, the whole pastoral staff as well and everybody that's imparted in me in, in this, you know, whether it's a handshake, whether it's a smile, you know, I, I, I don't take it lightly as well, you know. Um, you know, and, and so uh, you guys may be seated. So we could go to uh, uh, Acts 1-2. And uh, real briefly, before I came into the home, um, you know, I came into the home about a year ago. You know, I was lost. Uh, I was brokenhearted. Um, Drugs had taken a, a, a toll on my life. You know, uh, I was out in the street running around. You know, um, I'm, I'm 33 years of age now. And, and, you know, not to, you know, swipe my credit card or nothing like that. But, you know, at the age of 19, 20 years old, I had already gotten stabbed two different times, you know. And, and, and it was in that time, you know, my last time that I got stabbed, you know, and this is part of my st testimony. And that's why I share it, you know, because uh, on one of those events, you know, that took place, uh, I remember, you know, being stabbed and being wounded, and I remember, you know, uh, asking God for forgiveness, you know, and I remember to those around me, I was like, pray for me, you know, because I didn't know if I was going to die, I didn't have control of my body, you know, but as we all do, we all end up getting better, you know, we end up, you know, overcoming that, and then we end up going back to what we know, you know, and so what ended up taking place, I ended up running around, Ended up in jail for about a year, you know. I didn't really uh, um, um, knew Christ. Didn't really have a relationship. I got brought up Catholic, like many of us, you know. And um, you know, it was there, you know, uh, in, in in jail, you know, that I met this Salvadoran uh, man. You know what I mean? That only spoke uh, uh, Spanish, you know. So I sort of just, you know, ended up, you know, um, getting close to him, you know. And uh, I remember him telling me, he's like, you know, um, reading his Bible. You know, and he telling me a little bit about a Christ, you know, reading the Bible, you know, and I, I, I never forget him. His name was Guillermo, and he, he would tell me, he, he's like, you know, uh, I was like, oh, how are you doing? He's like, oh, blessed by the very best, and his name is Jesus Christ, you know, and, and, and I always, always keep that, you know, and it's already been over 10 years, but, you know, um, so I came out of jail, and, and you know, that, you know that, that got overshadowed by all the other stuff that I was doing, and, and so, uh, you know, uh, I ended up doing what I do. Ended up kicking back, kicking it with the homies and doing all that other stuff, getting involved with drugs and, and all that stuff. But, you know, today with the scripture, you know, um, you know, this is just a little scripture. I know, you know, I'm on a little time frame here, you know, and it says until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. You know, uh, Father God, I just ask you that you remove me, Father God, and that you speak through me, Father God, you know, uh, um, 
you know, uh, give, give uh, uh, all the brothers and sisters the word, Father God. Let it not be me. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. So I was, I was reading this, this, this uh, uh, um, scripture that said, until the day he was taken up to heaven, you know, it said, until the day he was taken unto heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. You know, I said, and, to, and so, so as I kept reading and meditating on the scripture, you know, it, it kept telling me, it kept telling me uh, uh, until he, the day he, he was taken up to heaven, it, it, it sort of like told me like until the day he kept uh, going into heaven, uh, uh, he went up to heaven. Um, he, he, he was putting in work. Jesus Christ was putting in work. You know what I mean? He, he was uh, uh, giving his disciples, you know, an example, uh, a form of living of how to carry ourselves, you know. And, and um, you know, so, so to me, it's like I look at Pastor Greg. I look at Pastor Daryl, Pastor Stevan, you know, Sister Chella, Sister Debbie, Sister Gloria, Sister Yolanda, you know. Um, and I look onto them, you know, and those are my examples here today, you know. And, and so... Um, you know, to me, you know, the way that the home is, you know, we get trained to, to, to pray in the morning. We get trained to, to uh, read our word. We get trained to, to fast. And, and so, so um, these are our instrumental tools that, that we need, you know, to, to, to live a life, you know, uh, uh, for Christ, you know. And so, so... You know, um, but see, how many know that that's not obtainable, obtainable, you know, after, you know, he gave us the instructions, you know what I mean? You know, he was an example here on earth, you know, um, he went and ascended unto heaven, you know, and then his Holy Spirit came and got poured onto us, you know what I mean? And that's when, when Jesus Christ, you know, through his Holy Spirit began to give us the authority, you know, the authority to, to walk. In our walk, the, the, the authority to, to get up here, you know, the authority to cast out demons, the, the authority to heal the sick, you know, uh, um, and, and many more, you know, good stuff, you know. Um, as you know, I'm, uh, you know, I, I just been delivered a year ago, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, you know, so, so uh, I'm, I'm still getting sober, you know. You know, so, so, so the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, you know, I, I truly believe that everybody that steps through these doors here in Victory Outreach is chosen. You know, there is no ministry like Victory Outreach. You know, I know that I didn't come to this ministry here, you know, just to, you know, stand around, you know, I came in here to put in work, you know, for real, you know what I mean? I really did, you know. Um, I remember seeing sandwich signs back about four years ago, uh, and, and, you know, to me, you know, I was a man like victory outreach, you know, man, I'm a gangster, you know what I'm saying? I thought I was hood and stuff like that. You know, I used to walk these streets, you know, thinking I was bad and tough all day, you know what I mean? And, and, and so, you know, you could say that, that I was always, uh, uh, had something, you know what I mean? Uh, but I remember praying one day and asking God, you know, find me a home church, you know, and, and, and I believe that he brought me to Victory Outreach, 
And I, and I remember that the first time that I walked into Victory Outreach, you know, they were giving, it was, I think it was for a Super Bowl Sunday, and they were out there giving us uh, 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 prizes, you know, like Raider hats and Raider 49er shirts and stuff like that. And, and uh, you know, I was opposed to, you could say, coming to church and Victory Outreach at the time, but I asked God that, you know, I needed a home church to come to, you know. And so I guess, you know, you guys were given some kind of a, a, a gift, you know, if you came here the first week or the, or the first, you know, two weeks or whatnot. And I ended up calling, getting called up, you know. And uh, guess what I received? I received a Raider hat, you know. And uh, I'm not a Raider, though. See? But I'm not a Raider, you know what I mean? So I was like, man, God, you're, you're really, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, I don't know what you're doing here, you know what I mean? You know? So, so... Uh, so, so, you know, um, when I walked through these doors, I knew that Victory Outreach was the place, you know what I mean, that, that you know, uh, um, was the place I, I, I was to serve God in, you know what I mean? And, and I'm very grateful here um, to have the honor and privilege to, to, to team up with you guys and, and to, to uh, uh, um, work together, you know, uh, for God's honor and glory, you know. And, and, and um, you know, I just want to bring up one more point because, you know, it, it was just part of my message. And I really feel, God, that, you know, um, working together as a team, you know, in the home, we learn how to uh, uh, be cohesive, you know, how to bond together. You know what I mean? And, and how to work together, fill in the need for each other. And that's what we need. You know what I mean? To, to work, be team players within this, this ministry, be team builders. You know what I mean? And, and, and so that's what we need, you know, and, and, and uh, um you know, like I said, I just thank God for my salvation. You know, I don't want to take too much time, you know, uh, um, but uh, um, I, I just uh, want to just close with uh, uh, what are you dealing, uh, 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 what are you doing to, to build God's kingdom here today, you know, and, and with that said, um, I just want to thank all you guys, you know what I mean? Um, you guys are the reason why I'm here, you know, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That was an awesome message, brothers. Thank you. Amen. Father God, we come before you right now, Father, just to say that we love you first and foremost, God. God, we thank you for your presence that's here right now, Father. And I just pray that your word will come forth, God, with clarity, the power of your Holy Spirit, oh, Father. May challenge us, oh, Father God, and transform us, God, as you, as you choose to do, oh, Father God. May your word be applied to our lives, oh, Father God. May we not just sit here and read and just hear it, Father, but may we become doers of your word as you require. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Deuteronomy 7. Deuteronomy 7, verse 1. <clears throat> I'm going to get straight to it. When the Lord your God brings you into the land you are about to enter and occupy, he will clear away many nations ahead of you, the Hittites, Girgashites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hevites, Jebusites. These seven nations are greater and more numerous than you. When the Lord your God hands these nations over to you and you conquer them, when the Lord your God hands these nations over to you and you conquer them, you must completely destroy them. 
Make no treaties with them and show them no mercy. Show them no mercy. Make no treaties with them and show them no mercy. You must not intermarry with them. Jump to verse 5. This is what you must do. You must break down their pagan altars and shatter their sacred pillars. Cut down their Asherah poles and burn their idols. For you are a holy people who belong to the Lord, your God. Of all the people on earth, the Lord, your God, has chosen you to be his special treasure. Out of all the people on earth, the Lord, your God, has chosen you to be his special treasure. Father God, we thank you once again, Father God. Move me out the way, Father God. In Jesus' name. The book of Deuteronomy was raw and uncut. And I believe it was at a time where God was really bringing judgment in the land. He told his people Israel, was, which is who we represent. We have some same similarity as the children of Israel did, right? Rebellious at one point, but yet God chose them. Disobedient at one point, but yet God still chose them. Hard-hearted at one point, but yet God still chose them. <clears throat> it's something about God's grace and about the plan of God that we get excited about. But there's also requirements to fulfilling God's plan. And it's up to us to make sure that everything God said do, we must do it. No ifs, ands, no buts about it, no sugarcoating it, no straight to the point. Things in our life are meant to destroy not just us, but the generations that's to come. His promise was for a thousand generations. A thousand generations. I believe we represent one of those thousands of generations today. We are the chosen people who God has selected. But there are things that we must do in order to fulfill the call of God, in order to enter into that promised land, in order to see obedience fulfilled in our lives, we got to get to work. First, it starts off within ourselves, within our heart, through prayer, through the power of God's presence. See, a lot of us come to God with so many things in our lives, lust, sexual immorality, Envy, murder, adultery, fornication, issues with drugs. What God told him to do, he didn't say sugarcoat nothing. He said, you, I'm giving you this land, but there are some things you got to destroy. See, what the enemy was, was meant for to destroy us, it was sooner or later going to become a trap if we didn't destroy it. There are things that we must destroy in our lives. Amen. We got a lot of work to do, and it's nothing to take lightly at all. I myself represent 
a man as a backslider, but I see everyone in here that's living epistles and living exhibits of the grace of God. With that grace, there's power in that grace. But that grace also has requirements. That requirement is our obedience. That requirement takes dignity. That requirement requirement takes integrity. It takes it takes a warrior's mentality to go in there and say, you know what, I'm gonna do this. Father God, I thank you for who you are in my life. I thank you for who you were in the nation of Israel, choosing them at any given time. We could be attacked, but at any given time, we ready to fight. Amen. At any given time, we got to be ready to fight because when them bullets is flying, it ain't no denying it. You're here for a reason. Each and every one of us here for a reason. I'm going to end with this here. Mark 7, verse 20. And then he added, it is what comes from inside you that defiles you. For from from within, out of a person's heart, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All of these things, all of these vile things come from within. They are what defile you. As they interpreted the dietary laws, the Jews believed they could, they could be clean before God because of what they refused to eat. Jesus pointed out the sin that begins in the attitudes and intentions of the inner person. Jesus did not degrade the law, but he paved the way for the change that he made clear in Acts 10, 9-29. When God removed the cultural restrictions regarding food, While being concerned about what we put into our bodies is good, healthy practice, very few people are as stringent about what they put into their minds through reading and watching television, iPhones, tablets, the Android, Netflix, Internet. Jesus was more concerned about mindset and thought process than about food laws. Do you worry about what foods you eat, but yet put junk food in our minds? Father God, I thank you, Father God, for all that you are, Lord. And I pray, Father God, at this time, oh God, we will remember that it was because of your grace, Father. And we pray for any restrictions that you need to set within our life, oh Father God, the conviction of the Holy Spirit to help us, oh, Father, to comfort us, to counsel us, Father God. Just as you said you would send an advocate, a comforter, a counselor. We need your presence. We need your Holy Spirit, oh, Father God, to keep us away from these things that are impure and vile, Father. We thank you and we love you. Please watch over each and every one of us, oh, Father God, and remind us of your word as we depart from this service. In Jesus' name, amen.
Are you guys excited tonight? Me too. Um, so I just want to thank my pastors. I think I, you know how like when people say stuff, but you have your own like revelation of it. Like, oh my God, you were really right all along. Have you guys ever experienced that? Okay. So I just want to thank you because they've taught me how to be a leader. But I think I just really realized that now with the home. So I just want to thank you guys. I love you. I'm just on, also want to thank God for my salvation. I wanted nothing to do with God. I was so rebellious growing up in church. But God, just like Jose said, I couldn't run away from him. He was like a, a nagging boyfriend. Like I couldn't run away from everywhere. Everywhere I went, he would follow me. So I just thank him for his persistence. He was persistent and following hard after me. Um, let's just open up in prayer. Lord, I come before you, God. I thank you, Lord, for your sweet presence. I pray, God, that you would speak to your people tonight, God. This is your church. You know our hearts. You know our needs, God. You know the desires we have. I pray that you would speak to your church, God, that we would be an obedient people, obedient to what you ask of us, God, that we would not just be hearers of the word, but that we would apply your word to our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So um, if you guys can turn to 1 Samuel 13, 7. And I'm going to read the story of uh, Saul's disobedience and Samuel's rebuke. So I'm going to be talking tonight about disobedience or obedience. So it says, meanwhile, Samuel stayed at Gilgal and his men were trembling with fear. Saul waited there seven days for Samuel, as Samuel had instructed him earlier. But Samuel didn't come. Saul realized that his troops were rapidly slipping away. So he demanded, bring me the burnt offering and the peace offerings. And Saul sacrificed the burnt offering himself. Just as Saul was finishing with the burnt offering, Samuel arrived. Saul went out to meet and welcomed him. But Samuel said, what is this you have done? Saul replied, I saw my men scattering from me and you didn't arrive when you said you would, and the Philistines are at Michmash ready for battle. So I said, the Philistines are ready to march against us, and I haven't even asked for the Lord's help. So I felt, leaning on his own understanding, I felt obliged to offer the burnt offering myself before you came. And he said, how foolish you have disobeyed the command of the Lord your God. So I'm just going to stop there. So in my study on disobedience, or obedience. I've, I've been reminded, did you guys know that um, dogs, you can take them to like obedience school? Did you guys know that? So I'm going to read a little bit of what I've found. And it says, um, so I've been reminded that dog owners have the option of sending their dogs to obedience training. Obedience training ranges from very basic training, such as teaching the dog reliable, um, to reliably respond to basic commands, such as like sit, walk, Stuff like that. Come, stay, right? Just like us. Obedience implies compliance with the direction or command given by the owner. For a dog to be considered obedient rather than simply trained in obedience, it must respond reliably each time a command is given. Training can be ongoing and lengthy depending on the dog. Does it sound familiar, depending on the person? <laughs> Obedience training is often a prerequisite 
for a component of other training. Certain breeds have reputations, just like people, of being easier to train than others. Others may have a particularly challenging time with obedience. Amen? So now I'm going to read it again. We have obedience schools in Victory Outreach, but they're not for dogs. Our obedience schools are the homes, the training centers, maybe even your, your marriage, your work. For us to be considered obedient as followers of Christ, rather than simply trained in obedience, we must respond accurately and faithfully. Certain people, hello, have reputations of being easier to train than others. Those people are what? Humble, they're teachable, they're open, and others may have a particularly challenging time with obedience. They think they know it all. They think they're all that in a bag of chips. They're emotional. They're immature. They're proud. Well, with all of this said, tonight I'm going to be talking about obedience. And I'm going to be bringing out two points from uh, 1 Samuel 13, the, the, the story that we just read. So first, when we obey our leaders, we're ultimately being obedient to Christ. Secondly, Saul, he was an emotional leader, and we can't trust our emotions. So first, okay, when we obey our leaders, we obey Christ. So I want to take a look at our text in 1 Samuel 13, 8. The Bible reads that Samuel, right, he instructed Saul. But when Saul was disobedient to Samuel's instruction, the Bible doesn't say that Saul was disobedient to Samuel. It says he was disobedient to the Lord, right? Amen. So it says Saul disobeyed the command of the Lord. It didn't say Saul disobeyed the command of Samuel. Verse 8 says Saul, or excuse me, verse 8 says Samuel instructed. But verse 13 says when you, it says you have, you have disobeyed the command of the Lord your God. Not of the man who, who spoke to him, but it was the man behind the voice. Amen. To obey means to do what one is told. And I know it's not hard, right? It's not easy. It's not easy. To do as one says. And obedience is doing everything that's asked. It's not picking, right, what you want to do and what you don't want to do. It's, it's being obedient to everything that's asked of us. And we don't choose what we do or do not want to do. And in first. Samuel 15, this is another uh, example of Saul's disobedience. The Lord told Saul to completely destroy the Amalekite nation because they opposed Israel, and God loves Israel. And God gave Saul specific instructions. But Saul pulled a but move. But, Lord, I want to do this. I got that from Pastor Gray. <laughs> but, right, but I did, he wanted to do he, he did what the Lord asked, but he, he was leaning on his own understanding. And now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give an example. Um, in English, or if that didn't even make sense to you about the Melekites, the Lord told Rachel, it's not my will for you, Rachel, to go to Bible school in Colorado. And what was my response? But Lord, are you sure? Are you sure, Lord? I don't have kids. I'm not married. I'm young. This would be the perfect time for me to go. 
right? That's what you would think. And I remember pastor and sister Chella, well, what about Vethi? I don't want to go to Vethi. I wanted to go to school. I wanted to go to Bible college. And I think Colorado's a perfect fit for me. It's far. I'll meet new people. I'll get smarter. I'll get skinnier. So obviously, right, I ended up staying. And stubbornly, I will eventually attend Vethi. But when we're disobedient to the Samuel in our lives, we're ultimately being disobedient to Christ. And who does Samuel represent? He represents someone who's leading you to Christ. He represents somebody who's giving you godly direction. So when your leader challenges you, take it as a challenge from God and not from man. And a, a few um, other words for the word challenge is test, confrontation, and threat. And a challenge will, will test you, right? But will you pass it? It'll confront you. It'll, it'll confront your insecurities and threat. It threatens your pride. So accept the challenges thrown your way. So God is, I feel like, man, he's really challenged me as I've been saved. He's challenged me to go to the training center. He's challenged me to even sell my car. Um, and my parents didn't pay for my car. I purchased it. He, he's challenged me to when I was in the office doing full-time ministry. And what a challenge that was because I, I, I went to college and I always wanted to provide for me. I seen my mom in a full-time ministry and God always provided, but I always wanted like an abundant. I wanted to go on shopping sprees. I wanted a house. I wanted a car. But the Lord said, no, that's not the plan that I have for you. And now God is challenging me to run the women's home. And God's enlarging my capacity. But just an example. Uh, so Isaiah 54, our promise scripture. I, I know it's a scripture for the ministry of Victory Outreach. But I was personally given that. Um, when I went to, to visit another ministry, they spoke a word over me. And I was given it. And it became personal for, for me. But I remember in, uh, well, in verse 1, it talks about a barren woman who's unable to have children. Um, and I remember uh, before I found this out that, okay, this is me. This scripture is mine. I remember feeling frustrated, thinking to myself, man, I'm barren. I haven't produced anything in these past three years of my salvation. Why can't I get spiritually pregnant? And I had been intimate with God. But I was frustrated. Like, why can't I get pregnant? I'm like a a wife trying to get pregnant. I've been intimate. I've thought I've done all the right things, but I wasn't able to get spiritually pregnant. Then finally, I found out that I was expecting, spiritually speaking. And I found it out through that word given to me in Isaiah 54 and also a dream that I had. And I didn't know at the time, but I was birthing, like Sister Chella shared about the dream with the baby. We were birthing the woman's home. And I've accepted this challenge. And as we accept challenges, the, your challenge, of course, it's not this, but it might be to do full-time ministry, but you're scared. It might be to stop working so many hours at your job because it's not your job's uh, uh, job to provide for you. It might be uh, a challenge to submit to somebody, to come under somebody. I know all of us have challenges. I don't know what your challenge is today, but I challenge you to accept it. And even though I'm only 25, I can't cook, right? Because you're supposed to cook in the home. And I enjoy sleeping, but now I have to wake up early. I enjoy sleeping, 
but I could do it through Christ because Christ has called me. My second point, Saul was an emotional leader. So let's look at 1 Samuel 15, 9. So this is another story of Saul's disobedience. And the Bible says Saul and his men, um, the Bible says Saul and his men kept what appealed to them despite the message of the Lord that said, completely destroy the Amalekite nation, including men, women, children, babies, cattle, sheep, camels, and donkeys. So again, the Lord's giving him specific instructions, but, right, but he wants to do it his own way. On the word used, and I have NLT translation, it's appealed. And in chapter 15, um, the, the, that word is, it has to do with emotions. Oh, it's appealing to me. Oh, one day it's appealing to me to come to church, but the next day it's not appealing. One day I want to eat Burger King, and the next day I don't want to eat Burger King. He was an emotional leader. One day I want to be at the Victory Home, the next day I don't. It's, it, was, it was appealing to him. It's like he felt one way one day, but the other day he wanted something different. And have you ever felt like something was God's will and it wasn't? He felt like Saul. He was emotional. And just like Saul, I felt, like I shared with you, that Colorado was the perfect place for me. Right? It appealed to me. Just like those things had appealed to Saul. And just like that, I also felt. I was supposed to go to the Philippines for six months. <laughs> it didn't end up happening, but I felt it appealed to me. Oh, maybe this is God's plan for my life. But here I am. I didn't go anywhere. And even Saul was emotional. And even in running the home, it was never, it was never really been an emotional thing. I never felt a call to run a home. It never appealed to me, right? And I wasn't, I wasn't eager like, like Saul to, to wake up every day or to do certain things. And the, woman home, the woman's home didn't appeal to me. It wasn't an emotional thing. And emotions and obedience, they're like water and oil. They just don't mix. They don't mix. And you can't be an emotional wreck moved by how you feel and expect to be obedient because you can't trust your emotions. So have you guys read the book, The Bait of Satan? I really enjoy the book. Sister Chella had us read it as the women leadership, and I just want to read um, some things that the author said. It says, the author brings out Matthew 16 when Jesus asks his disciples who they say he is. Simon was the only one who answered. Jesus goes on to say that to Simon, that flesh and blood hadn't revealed this to him. This knowledge didn't come by Simon's feelings. It didn't come by appeal. It didn't come by his senses. And when God reveals his word to you, this should be your foundation. This should be your foundation for decision-making, not your emotions, not your feelings, not what appeals to you, not what doesn't appeal to you, right? And some things we need to hear from God can't be found in the Bible, like where should I work, right? What ministry should I be involved in? Who should I marry? Different things like that. And Jesus compared the the unveiled, the revelation of God's word to a rock. And a rock speaks of stability. And a person who isn't stabilized in the revealed word of God is a prime candidate to be moved by your feelings, by your emotions. If you're hungry, oh my God, I'm hungry. I don't want to go to church. I, that's an excuse to be late, right? And then initially, me accepting the challenge to direct the home, it was an act of obedience. 
And I did feel, right? I did feel, okay, maybe I can do this. And I thought I could. So initially, it was a feeling. But I came to realize that it was God's word, or God's will. God revealed uh, himself to me in this season. That man, he gave me words by telling me that I'm going to be that, that barren woman that produces fruit, that women are going to come out of this home, and they're going to be healed through the love of Christ. Uh, I remember there's a house of prayer, and it's in Fremont. And I remember going to this house of prayer. I think I had already had the the dream that I was spiritually pregnant. And I remember having a dream. And I remember I thought my baby was a boy. But I remember in the dream the Lord showed me that the baby had two, two earrings. And I knew it was a girl. And the birth of my baby was very smooth. Just the way that we got the house for the woman's home. And I remember, you know, like when you hold a bar of soap, it's like slippery, right? And I remember when I held my baby, it was slippery because I was so nervous to have my baby in my hand. So before um, the word given to me, I had that dream, but I had a word given to me at a house of prayer. And they told me what I shared with you guys. They didn't know I was from Victory Outreach. I didn't wear anything that was from VO, but they gave me Isaiah 54, but they included verse one about the barren woman. And then I said, wow, that has to do with she's giving birth. And I had a dream that I had a baby and I still ignorant like a person, right? I didn't know it was the woman's home. So I remember one day asking Sister Chella, because she thought, she's like, oh, I think I know what it is. So I asked her, well, can you share with me? She's like, no, it's not the time. I'm like, okay. So I remember talking to her and her telling me that it was the woman, woman's home that was going to be birthed. So even like in times of discouragement, right, when you're discouraged, when you feel like you can't do it, like I know God has called me to run this woman's home. There has been a revealed word of God, the revelation of the Holy Spirit. So when I'm feeling emotional, when I don't want to wake up early in the morning, when girls are fighting with each other, you got to stand on that word, the revealed word of God. And you can't be swayed by your emotions, by your feelings, because you can't trust them. And so when you feel like leaving the church or your spouse, don't get that revealed word of God. Ask God to give you a word so that you could stand on that word despite how you're feeling, despite your mood for the day, despite if you didn't get lunch in the afternoon so that you're not easily moved. And the revelation of God, it keeps us planted, right? In Psalms 1, it talks about the tree, right? That's planted by streams of water. And we have to be those trees. And the water represents the Holy Spirit, that we're planted by the Spirit of God, that we're planted by the Word of God. We have to be planted and not moved by our feelings. Because I know we were either emotional or we all know of an emotional person, right? And the enemy will have, he'll have a difficult time moving you and swaying you when you know you're called by God, when God gives you that word and when God gives you that revelation. Amen. So I just want to conclude. So when we're obedient to the Samuel in our lives, we're, we're ultimately we're being obedient to Christ and being obedient and feelings, they don't mix just like water and oil. So if you guys could just bow your heads, if you guys could close your eyes. And just the Bible also says that obedience is better than sacrifice. God delights in obedience. So I want to challenge you guys to get a word from the Lord. Get a word from God. Because that's going to keep you 
and be obedient to Christ and be obedient to your leaders because they know what they're talking about. So if you just bow our heads, close our eyes, I'm going to just pray. Lord, we just come before you, God, and we just worship you. We worship you tonight, God. I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, God, for the revelation that you give in your word, that your word is alive and it's active. And I pray, Lord, that your word would come alive in our lives, that we would be obedient, God, to what you ask of us, that we wouldn't be rebellious, Lord, but that we would submit, Father, oh, to your plan and to your purpose, God, for our lives. And I just want to, if anything's just spoken tonight, minister to you, or even the music, something simple, a testimony, I want to invite you up, but I don't want to just invite you up because it's religious or routine and it's based on your emotion and, and what appeals to you today and was it tomorrow. But if you really want to be obedient to the call of God, if you really want to be obedient to your leaders or if you want to desire to be obedient, then I challenge you to come up here because God delights in obedience. He delights in it. He loves when his children are obedient to him because it's proof. It's proof of our love for him. So if anything tonight ministers to you, I want to call you guys up and we're going to just, we're going to worship God. We're going to worship him tonight. Oh, we worship God. I just want to be 